thanks for joining us on the Boxing Trade Show podcast. I'm Chris Mailer, joined by Aki Karim. And Aki, we've got a special guest on today, one of our favourite lads on, on the circuit. It's Liverpool's finest former world title challenger, Jazza Dickens. Jazz, first of all, mate, it's great to have you with us here on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, Chris. That was a perfect in- introduction, if I do say so myself, and I can't believe you've, you've never practised it before. <laughs> Got it in one save. Okay. Thank you, Jazza. <laughs> Told you you're one of our favourites, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, I've never seen you with um, a frown on your face, but at this point of camp now, where are you re- in mindset and physically as well? I think I'm in a really, really good place. And, um, I, I'm I'm struggling to find... find where I'm at myself at the minute because things are going so well and I'm not used to it going so well. So you have to find yourself sometimes trying to to fix yourself in a position what you understand. And in the past for me that would have been like making weight or or not or like struggling around the food and just these little things like this, being so fit and being able to rest. It's um it's actually I'm looking for things to do. So I'm actually just staying trying to find all the so called goodness out of it all the good goodness as possible so Aki messaged me today can you do this interview uh, this podcast with, with me and Chris and I said to write in, in a few hours you know because I've got nothing else to do so yeah I'm just enjoying it I'm in a really good place training's going well my resting's going well my diet's going well everything's going really well that's brilliant we were talking about it Aki earlier on we want to fight this is Ryan Walsh two real honest lads aren't they got here you know these I mean I've seen some of the things you've done there's no animosity there but Aki, we have got uh, some fighting prospects here, haven't we? Oh, this is a great fight. You know, it's a great final. Uh, whoever wins will be completely deserved of the, uh, you know, the golden contract title. Uh, you know, Ryan Walsh, he's no mug, is he? I mean, he's had eight British title fights, you know, 30 fights in all. He's a really experienced campaigner. And Jazza, we, well, we know what Jazza can do. I'd love to talk about Jazza, the, the semi-final fight as well, before we move on to the final fight. I mean... A lot of people wrote you off against Lee Wood. And you said in your post-fight interview that you said to the crowd, you know, a lot of you wrote me off. So how did it feel, you know, to to sort of prove doubters wrong and put in such a great performance? It was some fight, that. Yeah, I was I was confident all the time. Like, I was confident whoever was going to fight, even going into the fight. I actually felt like, and I, and I believed, and I still believe that, no one in the tournament wanted to pick me or, or the Wood of, or no one in the tournament wanted me at any point. So... I said at the, at the time, I'm going to fight the best in the tournament at some stage or another. And whoever, I did know that I'd be fighting Lee Woods and I'd be fighting Ryan Walsh unless they fought each other. You know, when you look at Ryan, what are you expecting on the night from him? I mean, you, you can look at what he's done and, you know, you know, but on the night, on this fight, it's the final. You know, everything else goes out of the window. It's just used to there in that final. What are you expecting from, from Ryan? I'm expecting, I'm expecting the best version of him that, that he's ever been because... I think that he has to be, and I have to be. I think we, for what's on the line, we both have to be at the best that we've ever been. And I can't see it not being nothing but, but a brilliant fight, you know. But I can hear a teaspoon in the background there. Someone drinking tea, and if so, I hope it's Yorkshire tea. <laughs> it's not me. I think it might be Chris. Definitely not but, me. Oh, you know what it is? My my wife's actually getting the baby packed up to take her out. It may, it may be something to do with the, the car seat. I hope but I agree, I agree with, yeah. with you, Jazza. Your kitty. I've got a feeling that you're drinking, you're drinking PG <laughs> tips and you're just embarrassed here. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jazza, I was born in Sheffield, mate. So if I'm going to drink a brew, it's going to be Yorkshire tea all day, every day. Jazza makes a good brew. I've had one at his. 
He's also got some ducks in his back garden. Yeah, he said. Oh, Terry's dead, didn't I tell you? Oh, no. The duck's dead, man. Oh, you know what? Oh, That's... No. The fox pissed its head off, right? And it didn't even like. He said it just pissed its head off and left. <laughs> Shouldn't you have? It just pissed its head off for fun. I wish I'd, I wish I'd mentioned that now. People are gonna. We're gonna get people ringing in saying we're uh, kicking off against the ducks. <laughs> well, that's you know, it's uh, nature, isn't it? Nature. But yeah, there's a bit of a training partner for you as well, there, uh, Jazza. So, has that? Um, has that? That's not helped camp. Could have been, could have been a fox. Could have been Aki. No one ever seen the, the killer. <laughs> <laughs> what Ryan Walsh was it? Yeah. <laughs> You're with Derry Matthews now over there, and and George George Vaughan at the uh, Derry Matthews gym there. You uh, was also doing the the stuff with uh, is it John um, the university? You know the yeah Carl Evans and conditioning Carl Evans, sports scientist from um, from Moz University. I'm still with Carl Evans. Yeah. What what are the benefits of that? What have you seen now? So obviously you've been with him for quite a while now. What has that brought to you? Brought to you as a as a, as a boxer? Yeah. Well, I think I think um, the evidence what the evidence of it is that like when when I went and met Georgie Vaughan and Eddie Matthews, my career just took off. It changed massively, didn't it? And Alongside meeting Georgie and Derry, it all I also met Carl at the same time. So we've always done the camps together. We've had seven fights together, and 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 every one of them, it's been Carl's been involved as well with the stunt condition and nutrition side of it. So he's changed my career too massively. I'm still working with Carl. Carl's a massive part of my team, and I'm very grateful to Carl. Just just the just the knowledge that he's got and. And and the way he is, he was a fighter himself. He was just, he went to Junior Olympics at Taekwondo, and he specialises in in weight making performance performance. He, he doesn't say that fighters shouldn't make weight. He says fighters are gonna make weight. So what we should do, we should know the best way to do it and the healthiest way and the safest way. And that's 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 what he's got a PhD in stuff like that. And he works in uh, the fifth largest university. He's the head of sports science in the the fifth largest university in the world. So we, to have him in my corner is a blessing. So I've got a really, really good team around me as well as Tony Bellew and MTK too. So I'm really lucky, really, really lucky. Sometimes I pinch myself and think, bloody hell, I've landed on my feet here. Well, you're very popular within the boxing trade though, Jazza, aren't you? You know, and that's the thing, you know, when when you talk to other fighters, they've got a lot of respect for you. You've you've sparred a lot of the, the lads on in, in the Northwest and further afield as well. So, you know, what's it like to have... Uh, a really good solid backing within the trade as well. It's nice, you know, Mark. It's nice because, as you both know, the people in the boxing community, some of the best people in the world, is uh, it doesn't matter where you're from, what background you're from. If you're a good person, you're a nice person, you're well liked, you get on in boxing, you, you, you get on with these people because it's just full of good people. It's full of good opportunities. And I think it's good to know people in boxing to to also put yourself out there and get to know and try and, try and make friends in this community because it's, it's an amazing community. Um, it's a hard-working community. So I, I just feel blessed sometimes like, to um, to know these people and to, to speak to these people and get knowledge and advice from these people. I always ask, only last week I was in Jamie Moore's gym and I was asking Jamie about about the back ends of his career and, and how it worked out for him, and I'm just getting his advice, and I always try and get this, these these people's advice. You know what I mean? If they like it, they'll tell you, won't they? If, if they don't, they'll they just they just clam up. But um, yeah, getting on with the boxing community is is a big big thing for me because I love boxing myself, and I love to hear boxing stories as well. So yes, yeah, I think we're very very blessed to be in this 
to have this type of community. One of the things when we come down and seen you, you know, we drove around in a car, didn't we, and made that little documentary and stuff with you, Jazz, and you know, came to your house, met your dad and all that. Is is one thing you're a very proud scout, so very proud of your city and and you know where you come from and what you represent. The city are behind you, Jazz, aren't they? You're a real favourite from. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't like deny what you're saying, Chris. Um, it blows my mind. It does blow my mind sometimes. You know what I mean? I was walking, I come out of Costa the other day, I was going to get in my car, and uh, someone shouted, "Hey!" And I looked and turned around. And he went, "Yeah, look, I'm watching you here." It was a, the press conference between me and Ryan Walsh. So, <laughs> just like to, sometimes you have to pinch yourself and you think, "Bloody hell, these people like they support you massively." Do you know what I mean? Like the they want you to, they want you to win. Do you know what I mean? They don't know you, but they want you to win. That's a special thing in itself, because I just know, I like, if if I'm watching someone on the internet and like I was watching your, your interview yesterday, Aki with with Macaulay, um, <laughs> yeah, you just want them to win. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's nice to think that the people in my city think that about me. Really nice because it goes a long way. You know, you get the support of the people and. You're also fight for them as well. Do you know what I mean? People do care. People do genuinely support you. So it's nice. It's beautiful, really. And also not just for me, for my family, for my kids to, for my kids to be. If 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 my kids and my parents, my mother would get some sort of respect from this type of situation, that people like me, that that's a beautiful thing. No, what is it? Actually, into, um, when like he said before, former world title challenger and stuff like that, it almost feels like a different career. When I look back at that, it feels it does it feels like a different career. I had great times at the Evan Red Final. Some of the best days of my life was at the Evan Red Final with Paul and Mick Stevenson and everything was good and we had so much fun and we were on the road out sparring with British champions, world champions. We'd done anything we could to learn and improve and um sadly just things just came to an end for me and Paul Stevenson. Um if it sometimes you wish that if you could have two careers, do you know what I mean? But I had to make that move when he had to make that move for myself and, and I know Paul had his own career and and as a coach you can you can be in the game for a lot longer than a boxer. So I had to do what I had to do and it was a good call what I made on my own on my own behalf and, and he wished me well. And um yeah, but if if I had two careers, you know, I'd probably stay with him if I could, but I couldn't afford to lose any more and and but we had great times together. But I do yeah, I, I like to come I put them in their own I put that career in its own box, and I remember it for what it was. And it was great times and great days, and we we won an English English British English British Masters, and we were mandated to fight for the European title, and we and we gave that up and we fought for the world title. So we done that together, and it was a massive massive part of my life. I went from like a boy to a man. The Evan Red Triangle. So yeah, it was great times in my life, and I almost I put that stage behind me. I leave it where it was. Great times in my life, and now I'm. And with Derry and Georgie and 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 things are just going so, so great, you know. And how have you approached this particular fight then, Jazz? Obviously, Ryan Walsh is a very experienced guy himself. Um, you know, he's got a lot of backing himself. Um, and people are people are seeing this as a as a really good pick and fight. You know, how how have you as a team uh, approached this camp and, and trying to work out uh, how to, how to strategize the fight and and what approach to take? Yeah, not not too much, not too much emphasis on anything else. Like apart from what we normally do, because doing what we've done, I, I, it's got got me here. Do you know what I mean? I, I believe doing what we do, it's it's not broke, so don't fix it. But I also acknowledge that just because it's not broke, you don't have to improve. But we are improving in the gym. I am working on better version of being myself, and that, that's how I'm approaching it. Just being a better better version of being myself. You know, I'm not too much emphasis on him as as. 
as I imagine this is his emphasis not too much on me. What's your sparring been like for this, Jazza? Have you been travelling about or have you had lads in the gym? Been really good sparring. We started our sparring um, with, with Meshach Spear, a kid from Liverpool. You, you know Meshach being on the shows, I yeah. think. Good sparring. He's always good sparring Meshach. Spar with Meshach. We spar with... Went to spar with Brian Phillips. I um, spar with an old really good kid um, called Tom H. He's a young fighter. You I don't know if you'll know him yet, but you will do in the future. Really good fighter, Tom H. And his name is... He, he trains at the Tonks gym with Dave and Joe Tonks, father and son. He and Liverpool and speak, and then went on to spar with Akib Fiaz, yeah, good little boxer. He used to know him, um, and uh, the last the last two weeks I've been sparring with Luke Willis, and I've been sparring with Tom Farrell and John O'Carroll. So we've done ten rounds the other day. To, um, they mix the rounds between them, and tomorrow's going to be my last big spar, which will be with John O and Tom Farrell. So we have thank thank you to all the lads. I hope I hope we haven't missed anyone out there. By the way. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I've had some really good sparring, I've had good variety, both southpaw and orthodox. So yeah, things are going really, really, really well. And me saying on, on the hills, the hills is a massive part of my programme, my fitness. I'm lucky to have everything on my doorstep. I've got Carl Evans, been doing my stand conditioning with him. Now I've been doing me, me boxing, you know, my pads and my bags and with Jerry and Georgie in the gym. So, yeah. You mentioned there, Jazza, there. It was a good variety of sparring partners there. As you mentioned, southpaw and orthodox. You also, though, met, you know, those names, some of them were pressure fighters, some of them were good movers, you know, some of them were slicksters. Um, you know, so are you expecting to be, to have a, a, a sort of a fight on your hands against Walsh where you're going to have to adapt on the on the night? Are you, are you trying to get as many versatile styles in as possible so you can accommodate plans A, B and C on the night? Yeah, well, that's how you sort of work. Like, when you look at a sparring, you're not going to get no one like... You, you can replicate them perfectly, unless it was to phone their kid and say, do you want to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of his brothers, but yeah, you're not going to get someone, so you have to pick things from each fighters, and good fighters can adapt, and you can change the style mid-fight, mid-round, you know what I mean, mid-minute, mid, you can change the fight any time they want, really, and you can go back to what, what they're not doing so good, and you can go back to things that they need to, they can stop working, they can work more, so, yeah, just just the emphasis has been on getting a lot of variety. Southport, Orthodox, small people, um, slick people, accurate fighters, you no know, balanced, composed, which Ryan Walsh is. So I've been working on a lot, a lot of things like that. Yeah, so it is going well. You know, when last saw you, Jazz, you was you know we came up to Liverpool. I can't believe that. I'm just looking on your record. It must have been 2018. It was just after the Pablo Navarez fight at Bolton. Uh, and then after that, you you went over to America for a while, yeah. didn't you? And then you had that fight over over there in, in Santa Domingo. Yeah, it started about by um, we we got two two fights back. We got on the Black Flash show. Pat put me on the show, so I lost the back to back fights. The world title and the British title. Um, I lost back to back fights. I changed clubs and I um, I went to Derry's. We got two two fights, warm up fights, and it, one was on a. Black Flash show, Pat put me on a show, and also Pat up to me a favour there, and also was on an MTK show. But that was a Bolton one, not yeah. not was that, Yeah, the British Boxing Board of Control. Um, I was supposed to be Man- I was going to be mandatory when I to fight Tommy Ward in a That's rematch. Right. Yeah, yeah. And Tommy, and Tommy Ward, he, he vacated the belt, and his brother Martin stepped in with a few weeks to go. Then. And then the week before the fight, Martin pulls out. 
and it just all went tits up. So there was no title fight there on the line, and I think they, they worked it out between them. No one was ever going to fight me, but then the British Boxing Board of Control they took my mandatory position away. So then I didn't have nothing in the pipeline, and and I weren't getting no fights. You know, I weren't, I weren't getting no meaningful fights, and and people was getting put in the British title fight before me, who I believed I I deserved the position more than them. So I went to so. I went out to America on a holiday with me with my dad and his mates, and um, I went down to Fifty Gym for for a bit of training. And they said we like you to to fight here. Do you want to come and have a fight here? Went home, told Georgie and Daddy, said there's nothing happening here. I need to provide for my family, and and I need to make something happen. I need to do something for my career because it was pretty much on a task, and um, it just kept me faith and kept praying praying to God and try and make something happen and I went out to America and they had a fight out there in Santo Domingo went to the uh, Dominican Republic and then and then I came home f- just over the Christmas I was going to fight I actually signed a contract in America to fight the guy in LA I was going to fight I was going to have three fights three fights a year geared towards world title fight this was on a contract and uh, it was a great contract and but I was also I, I was also missing my family I was also missing Georgie and Derry and I came home and he had that all in the pipeline, but I went out to spar with John O'Carroll in um, in Marbella, and at the time, Tom Stork said to me, there's a show in Liverpool Jazz, do you want to fight on the show? You can headline the bill, and I thought, before I go back to America and miss my family even more, being away already for two months and missing my kids and my bed, and so I said, I'd fucking love to, I'd love nothing more than the chance to fight in Liverpool once again with Derry and Georgie, so I took the opportunity, I went signed with MTK, I was actually the away fighter, um, in my own city, and I, and I won the fight against the CB Ramadan, and I scored a great knockout. And then he said, "Right, do you want to fight for the IBF European title against Nathaniel May, also in Liverpool, top in the bill in eight weeks?" So I said, "Two right, I get to stay home with my family. I get to stay with Carl Evans in the university. I get to stay with Derry and George, and all my sponsors here who've been backing me for a long time." So I took that fight, Nathaniel May. Eight weeks after that, the Golden Contract on. Do you want to fight that? <laughs> yeah, two right, of course I do. I get to stay home with me, with my family and my coaches and my friends, and my loved ones. So then it just has a knock-on effect. I've been fighting every two months, every two or three months for the last over the last year. So yeah, been been amazing really. So it, things have gone from strength to strength, and now I'm boxing better than I've ever been. So yeah, things are really really good. But I also have to say thank you to the lads in America who also took a risk on me, you know, and also say thank you to Georgie and Jerry who was understanding of that situation, and also to MTK who who've also had me back on their shows and, and understand that I have to make them moves for my family, you know, and they give me another chance and also my manager and, and all my sponsors. Considering how gutted you was after the war, you know, both of them fights fell through and you was a, a bit in limbo. I mean, going over to to America, I suppose, you was lucky, just lucky for another option and something, but being a bit unsure where you were going to now you're in the final year of this golden contract and, uh, you know, God knows what else is ahead for you, mate. Yeah, because I was clutching on straws. I, I, I arrived in America with $26, with, with no home, no stability. I was staying in a fight house with people who didn't speak English. I, I, I was just clutching on straws, you know what I mean, trying to do something to make to make it um, make it, make it work, to, to do what I know I'm capable of. But with that came a lot of a lot of sacrifice, not just me, for my family. And, uh, and yeah, I think it, it worked out really well. I always trust in, in God's plan. Sometimes I was just walking down, like, the Miami... The Miami Strip, you know what I mean? It's fucking, I'm sweating with this fucking big bag on my back. This Ferrari's driving past me. <laughs> and, and I'm just like sweating, just thinking, God, 
lead me where you want me to be. I, I ended up doing 100 rounds of sparring in like two months, sparring every single day with all these top fighters. One of these fighters was Gamboa. I was just taking opportunity after opportunity. One day I had a fight in the gym. Someone said, I'll pay for you to fight mm. in Dominican Republic if you can beat him up. This fellow was the junior, the the, the highest, the best. He, he's achieved the most for the Cuban team as a junior ever. This kid was really good. His name was Jordan Frometa. Mm. And he was about three or four weights above me. And, and I started a fight with him. He said, if you can beat him up. I never beat him up. I ended up holding me on. But it turned into a proper gym war. I asked this fella, will you basically, will you fucking fight me in the gym right now? Because this fella is looking on funding me. That's, that's where I was at. Mm-hmm. I was fucking, I was fighting. Yeah. I was fighting for my family. I remember being in a spa thinking, "This is I'm fucking fighting for my family." Please, God, provide me, provide my 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 future, my family's future. Make it work. You know what I mean? And I always say, when I came home, I realized what the saying means when you say you've got to go away to come home, and I did. You know what I mean? I missed it so much, and when I came home, now I just look at the gym from my house, and I just think, "Thank God, I'm home." Did you, did you have a gym to go to when you went to America, Jazz? Or did you just walk into go and find one? How did it work? Who was you training with eventually when you did find find the one? It was, it was a few different scenarios. Sometimes I was going into gyms and saying, you've got anyone to spar. And yeah, one time I went to the gym and it caught. What did you just say? I'm a professional boxer. I just want to tra- I'm from England. I want, I want to train and spar. How yeah, does that go down few, in, in America? Funny, you know, I walked into a gym and kissed me. A place called Kissing Me in Mini Ha Ha. So I went in the gym, seeing title boxing on the on the thing. And so, yeah, this is a boxing gym. Go in there, see if you've got any sparring. So I went in there and um, I said, have you got any sparring? I'm a boxer. And he's taught, you cheeky cunt, you know what I mean? Coming in here telling me that you're a boxer. And he went, yeah, we're sparring in, we're sparring in 10 minutes if you want to spar. So I so said, I have flip-flops on. And I said, oh, all right, then, sounds. So I fucking ended up sparring with all the gym. And, and, and it went off in there. It was... One of them said, "You fucking white bitch." He called me a white bitch, and I, I realised I was at that that point. I was the only white fella in the gym. <laughs> He's running out saying you're getting shot, and his coach is running after him. It went a bit mad, but after that, I went down to um, the fifty gym, and Chiro Perez and Dino Spencer they really looked after me every day. I was in there. Chiro put me in his fight house with the other Cubans and the Dominicans who was living there at the time. And he really, really looked after me. It was a hard time, but it was probably one of the best times in my career when I look back because it was it was so rewarding. Do you know what I mean? It was just me and God on Miami Strip. And that was that. Do you know what I mean? It was just it was staying in the hospitals, 12, 12, 12 men to, to a dorm on a party scene. The fucking, every night, the, 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 um, the hospitals just bouncing because there was a hotel upstairs. <laughs> just mad, you know what I mean? Mad, mad situation. But the morning came. And I was, I, I had my bag on my back, and I was fucking, I was off the gym to spa, and and that was that. It was just a great, great, great time for me. And when I came home, I took all that experience that I had over there, and I just implemented the two into into my career. With which with, with I've got, and now I've got stability as well. With that's what I've got. Most of all, stability with George and Derry. It's it's amazing, really. I'm lucky. And I suppose then faced with the adversity of like the the Lee Wood fight and now the Ryan Walsh fight. It's probably not tales into insignificance, but you know, having having accomplished sort um, you know, the mental challenge of coming through this journey, I suppose you can face fights like this with with almost like a, a bit of serenity, knowing that you've been through tougher times, I suppose. Yeah, I just think I look at these fighters and I think you don't know what I've done to be here. I haven't been fighting in this fucking golden context moment. I've been fighting since I was twelve years old. Do you know what I mean? It's fighting for fucking sanity, my own sanity as a little kid. 
It's yeah. come about this way. Me fighting in front of an old crowd, Zach, this is no, no problem for me. This is an absolute blessing. This is what I love to do. This is why I join boxing, just for a bit of clarity and a peace of mind and and just to work so hard and fight in front of a crowd. It doesn't bother me. I can't, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fighter. I've been fighting for all these years to, 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 to survive. That's how I feel. Actually, when I see these fighters... I think you, you just don't know. Do you know what I mean? You don't know what, what, what brought me to this place. This is why I don't don't fear none of you, and this is why I believe in myself. Yeah, absolutely, Jazz. Jazz. And, uh, you know, the, the in terms of the actual golden contract, the winner, the, there's a lot of spoils for the winner by the sounds of it. Um, you know, how much of a boost will it give you to actually win the tournament? You know, what would it mean to you? And also, what, what doors do you think it will open for you? Well, to me, it means that I can keep on fighting, I can keep on progressing, and I will get to the world title. That's what it means for me. But for my family, it means that life will change and life will be nice, and you know, not 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 much will change in the way of like who we are and and, and what we stand for. But I think that maybe maybe security. Yeah, you have kids, and you realise yeah. financial security is an important thing, isn't it? And it's nice. It's nice for you to look at your kid and say, "These don't have to. You don't have to worry at night. No, when your kids are asleep and you're looking at them, acting, you're thinking, I need to make it happen for you. I need to provide for you.' And that final security. It's a nice thing. I can. I believe it's there, yeah. and and that will be nice. Not just for my kids, but for my partner. Actually, stuck by me for all these years. And and there's times when I'm saying to her, "Have you got fucking two quid so I can go to the gym?" Do you know what I mean? I can be struggling, and, mm. and 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 it'll be nice for them after I can I can um, provide for them. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great to hear that. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jazzy, you know, I, I introduced you, uh, a former world title challenger, and, and you did fight, fight Rigan Doe in 2016. I know it's a fight you don't like to uh, even think about or dwell on. It's some, but you know, when you look at, I was going to ask you which sort of fights had, had, were the key fights in your career, but you know, having these setbacks and you had that that early one against Kid Galhad. Do you realise now, and all the things and the decisions you've made in life and doing like that trip to America? Do you still look back on them on them defeats where something you don't like looking back on, or do you just see that every fight, every challenge, every obstacle has been on this journey to to where you are now? And and which of them fights and them key moments that have have really brought you through? Well, I think Chris, if you look back and back and back and back, and you can say, well, if it didn't spar with blah blah when I was twelve years old, if it didn't spar with him when I was fifteen, do you know what I mean? You can look at everything every single day of your life and say, if it didn't, if it turned left or right on any of them given days, but I also believe that I would still be where I am. God would still have had the plan for me, and I think that was all part of the plan, you know what I mean? They dangle the carry in front of a fighter, take this world fight, title fight now, he's going to take it, you know what I mean? And, and that's where I was at, and I believe that the prize for me at the time was too big to take. So any time I have took a fight, that's because I, I don't I don't want to say no to a fight, and I also sometimes I've been in a position where this is my dream, and I have to take this opportunity right now, and I believe that God, without, I think sometimes we're really blessed to be put into situations that we can't handle because without them situations, we can't grow. And I accept that. I accept that I, as, as a father doesn't let his kid go out after 8 o'clock and the kid doesn't like it. I believe that God's got a plan for me. And sometimes there's things that I'm not going to like about boxing. And, but there's also things that he protects me from. There's things that he's going he's gonna to use for me to grow. And I just have to believe in his plan and... For what for what I believe my purpose will be in life, and giving back to the community and giving to kids it's something I always wanted to do, and I believe that without these mistakes that I've made and without these upsets and without these learning curves, which I should say, 
I, I don't think I'll ever be the person I want to be. So I have to just thank God for all me, for all my situations, not just my wins, my losses, the ups and downs, and everything, everything about it. So yeah, I'm grateful to be in the situation that I'm in, and just to be still fucking doing what I'm doing, to be at the best I've ever been right now. After saying I've had them three losses, and after saying all these tough times, now I'm in a better position. So it just goes to show that these these tough things they don't they don't um, they don't break you. They actually they do make you, as they say. Well, you say you're in the prime of your boxing career at the moment. You feel in your prime. Yeah, well, that's what that's what I'm asking myself all the time. I'm like, I feel like I am. I'm, I ask questions. I ask a lot of questions when I speak to other fighters, but I also like I, what what I'm trying to. But the answer I'm getting from these people is, it's a, This is what I'm trying to figure out. They don't know when you were in the prime. They only know when they was in the prime. So it's hindsight thing they look mm. back and they say oh, I was the best years of my life was in that situation I don't know if that's true or not but but I, I can tell you when I was 21 I was thinking I'm, I'm strong now and I'm in my prime <laughs> Things mm-hmm. just getting, I've been saying it since my 20s but fucking, I think it's only a hindsight thing so if I am in my prime I think I'm going to have to make the most of it because it's um, do you only get your prime once? Unless I get on the steroids, I'll only have one prime. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, Jazza, like, um, you know, how do you, when you visualise the fight on the 30th, which is re- yeah. very, you know, it's just around the corner pretty much now. When, when you yeah. visualise that fight, how do, how do you visualise the fight going? Win, just just the win. How, how I see it is me being dominant. A great performance. And if the performance is going to be like, well, the performance will be like I've trained for, I think I'll be the best version of me. And that, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm um, I'm going to show. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I think um, I'm I'm excited to show people what I've been doing, what I've been working hard, and putting doing all this hard graft, and not and then not believing that I can be the best boxer I've ever been after doing it. Do you know what I mean? I've I've got myself to a position where I've took all my lessons, I've worked so hard, and now I'm not performing on on an equal scale. So that that's where I'm at. I should be performing better. And I should be putting that pressure on myself to say, look, guys, you've you've put the work in, you've sacrificed so much, go and get what you've earned. So it is a great fight. It's a great fight. We're really looking forward to it. Um, you, you deserve everything that's coming your way, Jazz. You deserve everything where you are. You, you know, you're a good guy and you've paid your dues in the game. God bless you in this fight. We, we you know, we, we've got to be neutral in it. You know how, how much we think of you, but it's, uh, you know, it's a great fight for the fans, domestic yeah. fight, and uh, we're all looking forward to it. I uh, wish you all yeah. the best, mate. Thank you so, lads. Thank you so much, lads, for, for having me on. I appreciate it and appreciate your time as always. And you just both do a great job within the boxing boxing community. And without the likes of you, you lads, then we wouldn't we wouldn't um, be thriving the way we are. So thank you to you as well, lads. Great to speak to you, Jazz. Great to speak to you, mate. All the best on the 30th. Well, Can't wait for you. the fight. Thanks, Jazza. Thank God bless you, lad. Have a nice night, please. Jazza Dickens there. Fights on the 30th of September against Ryan Walsh. And what a fight we have in prospect. It's at the York Hall as well. Aki, uh, Jazza Dickens and Ryan Walsh, what a fight we, we, we've got here. And just brilliant to listen to Jazza there, isn't it? Just to be in this position now and where he is. Oh, how can you not like Jazza Dickens? I mean, uh, you know, the way he taught there, you know, some of the things we didn't know there as well, like great stories. Um, and, you know, he's one of them guys who, you know, really has paid his dues, as you, as you pointed out. And, I think he's going to be, um, you know, a, a popular winner if he wins the the, the final. Um, you know, obviously Ryan Walsh has gone through his own journey as well, um, 
and he's got his own story to tell. But you know, as far as we're concerned, from from all the people in the northwest and all the people in Liverpool that are getting behind uh, Jazza, they're going to, uh, I think they're really going to um, tune in and support him on that night. Where I mean, I know you're saying the golden contracts are the final. But where does the winner go from that? Where would you? Well, I actually asked Jazza about this last time I spoke to him, um, and he said he couldn't tell me the details of the of what what they actually win. So maybe that will be announced. Um, but you know, it you know the names it's in the it's in the name, isn't it? Golden contract. So maybe there's going to be some sort of lucrative contract and uh, or something in place financially and in terms of fights. And to be honest, I hope the winner um, gets you know richly rewarded because um, Walsh and Jazza have both paid the dues in the in the game. Yeah, absolutely. That's one we're looking forward to. It is a good card as well, isn't it? All round. Um, yeah, yeah. Oara Davis, Tyrone McKenna. How do you see that one going? Well, it's it's you know what? It's on paper. It's well matched. They both had. I think they both had twenty one wins. I do think that uh, Tyrone McKenna is lucky to be into the, into this final. It's not his own fault. You know, he's not the judges. Um, you know, he proved how tough a tough a guy he is in in the in the semi final fight. But there's not many people. Uh, who thought he he won that fight, um, you know? But as I say, it's not in his hands, and he's in the final. There's a lot of you know. Uh, there's been a there's been a build up, let's say, between him and O'Hara oh. Davis. Yeah, there's been a lot of um, beef, <laughs> intense beef, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, between them, and um, I think it will make for a, a good fight. Um, how do I see it going? I think this is a real pick and fight. Um, they've both come back from from. Um, Adversity in their career, I think O'Hara's probably the puncher in the fight. Tyrone's proved against uh, the, in the Mamoon fight. He's a, he's he's got a good chin and he's a good boxer as well, uh, uh, and he's resilient. So I think we're in for a good fight here. I think there's a lot of pride at stake because they don't like each other. These two, that's for sure. Mm. So it's going to be definitely worth tuning in to watch that fight. You've got a common pon- opponent, Jack Cattrall, haven't they? they both uh, both fought him. O'Hara Davis went there. Yeah, it's a it's interesting. Clash of styles, it could be. Yeah, yeah. I can't pick a winner in that one. Uh, Liam Conroy as well. Spoke to Liam a while back. He's fighting Serge Michel. I don't know much about That's right. Serge Michel. Yeah, uh, the Bavarian sniper. The Bavarian sniper, they call him. He's had 10 wins, 7 knockouts. He's a bit of a puncher. Um, he's a bit of an unknown quantity in terms of he's from Germany and we, we didn't know too much about him before he came over for this uh, golden contract. He actually picked Liam Conroy. You know, when they have these, uh, they have the they pick the balls out of the bag yeah. and whatever. He he actually picked Liam Conroy, and I don't think Liam's very happy about it. I think Liam is a bit annoyed that he picked him, and he's, he wants to prove a point. Um, the winner, the the, the 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 benefit of this fight is that it's at, at your call. Uh, whereas Opie Burton's got to go away to I think it's Latvia or somewhere. Yeah. I think it's Latvia. I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, so yeah, L- Liam is fired up for this. Liam himself is a puncher, um, he, and he's not afraid to unload the kitchen sink. Liam Conroy. I think this is going to be, um, well, actually, I think Walsh and um, Jazz is going to be the fight of the night. But I think this is going to be explosive. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be really entertaining, this fight. I, I cannot wait. I actually think Liam is going to do the business. I think he's going to do the business. <laughs> I'm backing Liam in this one. Well, he had that, he had that um, close one with Stephen Ward, didn't he? Then he got the yeah, Sterling yeah. in, in the semis. So he's, he's, on the, he's just a determined lad, isn't he, Liam? He's just, just a boxer through and through, isn't he? And... You know, not scared. He's one of them as well. Who, who you know, not not let a, let a loss uh, derail him or you know take him off his cause. Well, he come up against a real, real serious, serious talent in Joshua Boatsy, didn't he? 
And that's there's no shame in losing to that guy because I think time will tell how good Joshua Boatsy will be. But you're right, he's not been derailed. And what I've always loved about Liam Conroy is he is not afraid to let, to just leave it all in the ring. When he, when, he, when he commits to an attack, he's really, like, aggressive. And that's my kind of fighter. And uh, I wish him all the best in the fight. Mm. I mentioned Stephen Ward there. Uh, he had that fight with Liam Conroy, a close one. I mean, that's that's probably something, again, in the future he can get that on. But Stephen's fighting uh, Jonah Valu, the... the the Fijian from Newcastle. We remember we met him, he fought on the, the Black Flash show when we were down yeah. in Newcastle. Really nice bloke, isn't he? And um, Lovely bloke, military guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm speaking to him tonight, actually. <laughs> yeah. And um, he, he's, he's, he's a good guy. I mean, he, he's, I think he's coming off three losses and it may, it may even be three knockout losses. But we're talking about good operators, including like Rodenko, who we know Rodenko is a serious, serious guy. Even though he's a bit past his prime, he's still a serious puncher. Um, you know, Stephen is coming uh, back from a loss himself, but um, you know, we 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 both know what Stephen Ward's about. He's a, he's got a great long jab. He's a he's a good puncher himself. He's tall, um, good, very good boxer, very correct punchers, and uh, it's going to be a good fight. I see, I see, I see Stephen Ward doing the business and getting back to winning ways. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's sure he's, uh, Jonah started off as heavyweight as well. He did, yeah. He started off as a heavyweight, yeah. He did. So uh, lost a bit of weight then coming down. So he might. So Stephen might get a few rounds, which would be good. Get a few rounds, and uh, but I do see, I do see Stephen uh, coming through the fight. But you know, you can't take it away from Jonah Valau. He's one of them old school sort of fighters who will just. Yeah, I think he's he's fought he's fought abroad in like Ukraine. He's just on 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 like short notice. Yeah, I'll come to Ukraine. You know, that's what he's like. He's 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 one of them guys, a tough, heavy set unit of a guy. So it'll be interesting, but like I say, um, Stephen Ward is. Um, I think Stephen Ward's gonna gonna get the job done. Your call for, for September. No one can go there, but it's the MT Golden Contracts. It's gonna be shown. Is it? It's on. It'll be on the I Film London channel. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Streamed. Yeah. Streamed on there. So we'll be tuning into that. Yeah, it's been good to speak to Jazza. Um, I get that interview in. We do double interviews here, Aki. I don't know how this is going to work. Um, we didn't think about that, did we? But uh, it seemed to go all right, didn't it? So uh... <laughs> <laughs> It seemed to go all right, yeah, until we asked him about the duck. <laughs> <laughs> the poor duck. The poor duck, yeah. Poor duck. I know, look, honestly, I love animals and I love ducks. Um, well, but, I, met, you know... I met the duck when I went down. I can't believe I was yeah. invited to the funeral. But... <laughs> I know, mate, yeah. It's one of them, but... Um... Yeah, it was it was great chatting to you and uh, and Jazza, as always. Yeah, well, thanks for tuning in to the Boxing Trade Show podcast for another episode. We'll catch you again soon. <laughs>